Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast. My guest today is Chris Holgate. He's currently the founder and managing director of Success in MPS, and they're a provider of worldwide managed print consulting and sales training. Chris, he's a pioneer. He helped to create the first offerings and marketplace for global multi-brand managed print services. And you'll hear us use the acronym MPS for that, managed print services. Um, he was with Icon and Rico, and he helped to create and grow their global MPS business. And he took that business from zero to 600 million. And similarly, for Sharp Electronics, he took their global MPS business from zero to 170. And most recently, <laughs> some other big numbers, he drove Canon Europe's EMEA MPS business growth from 300 million to 700 million. And uh, if numbers are anything to do with it, those are some impressive figures that Chris has uh, put up over the years. And we know that sales uh, is all about the score and he's put up some big numbers for the teams he's worked with and helped to lead and pioneer. So we're here to talk all about managed services and how you go about selling and enabling a sales force to sell managed services better. And shoot, what better person to do that with than with Chris Holgate? Welcome, Chris. Thank you very much, Tom. It's wonderful to be with you. And thank you very much indeed for taking the time to spend some time with me to discuss this very interesting topic. So thank you again. Absolutely. So early in your career, I always like to find out what drove you to become a business developer, to become a, a sales leader? And how did you know it was right for you? That's a very, very interesting question, Tom. Well, actually, um, I started out running my own business. Uh, I used to be in the world of car alarms many years ago. Hmm. And, and I left the company and thought, I'm going to start my own company selling car alarms and installing car alarm systems. But I found out that having a great idea and a great product was one thing, but somebody has to sell it. Mm -hmm. So I tripped up many times, you know, um, knocking on doors and maybe not having the correct pitch with the correct customer and eventually knocked on the doors of dealers, you know, people who actually sell cars to the to our public, to the trade in the public. Mm -hmm. um, I scored my first deal with, with a local trader, which went very well. And from there, I began to grow and build relationships, etc. So the trade was really where I started, first of all. Um, to understand the how to sell, how to articulate my value proposition, and it grew from there. Awesome. Now, I always like to learn from others, and particularly, I think you can learn a lot from hard lessons, the school of hard knocks, right? So, um, hardest lessons are often learned from our toughest challenges. Tell me about the worst sales call that you ever had. <laughs> Oh my word. Okay. So, so that I actually remember quite well. Um, there was a large, a large prospect. Again, it was many years ago, but it was for about 15 devices. And I spent so much time talking about how wonderful these devices were, mm -hmm. how fast they were, the print quality, etc., without truly understanding the customer's pain points. Um, I waited um, after the meeting was over to see how things would pan out with the customer, waiting for the call to say, Chris, you've got the order. The call never came. Mm -hmm. And actually, I lost the deal to a competitor. Um, I did actually meet with the customer to understand the reasons why I was not the partner of choice. 
And basically, he was, he was quite frank, and he said to me, Chris, whilst you gave me a very good pitch around how wonderful your devices were, you didn't really discuss my problems mm -hmm. and how you could solve them. So um, that was a tough lesson, um, but I learned the hard way, Tom, definitely. Yeah. Definitely to ditch the pitch and move from kind of pitch to purpose and and doing that discovery is essential. Now you mentioned the devices, they were uh, print devices. So, uh, and you're just an absolute amazing force in this field of MPS managed print services. Tell us a little bit about what the heck MPS is all about. Where did it come from? A little bit about the history of it and kind of how you got involved in it from car alarms over to printers and then print services. Fantastic. Well, actually, the history of MPS is basically managed print services, which in essence is, is basically in the early days, it was migrating print from maybe high cost laser print devices to a lower cost multifunction device. Um, maybe in the early to mid 1990s, um, Xerox, who were then um, a very, very large pl player in the print industry, um, dominated the what we call the CRD or the print room, the central graphics department. Mm -hmm. um, so every customer you went to see whether they had Rico or Canon or Lexmark or different printers in the office, they would nine times out of ten have a, a Xerox uh, high volume printer in yep. their in their central print room. And those were kind of, and for those who might not have seen these before, I know when I was first starting out, they, these would be dedicated. Um, either rooms or facilities within the organization that you'd send your high quality print jobs to. And it would be basically a, a print factory within the organization, right? That is correct. That is correct. So, so in terms of Xerox's um, migration, of course, number one, they would have the, the print center with their devices in them. They would sometimes quite often take over the staff as well to run the print center. So they would outsource the staff to Xerox. And the migration from managing the print center to obviously managing the office devices was quite a natural progression. So Xerox, you could say, dominated the managed print arena in the early to mid 1990s. Awesome. And then how did it evolve to today? So what, what is managed print services today? Because I know it's reshaped quite a bit, right? There aren't that many um, organizations, I mean, the big ones still have these, these dedicated kind of print centers to them, but what is, what is included in managed print services today? Right, so MPS today, in, in very basic terms, is trying to understand the customer's existing um, situation, their, their mm -hmm. document workflow, um, what role documents play within their business, um, people, process, and technology, um, baseline in that situation to say, Mr. Customer, here's where you are today from an operational perspective. Mm -hmm. um, here is the commercial status for where you are today. And now how can we move things to a, to a, to a more um, commercially viable situation going forward? And how can we remove all the operational challenges that you may have today? Mm -hmm. So it's based on what we call a baseline of the current situation drafting a print policy which documents the commercial and the operational state and then taking them from the current state to a new state more financially viable and more operationally efficient. 
Awesome. And so you're doing that analysis each time pretty much that you're engaging with the with the prospects, you're going through the baseline and then building kind of the the change document. So the as is versus to be comparison. That's correct. That is correct. And today we have some very smart software that will count the amount of prints that the device has taken and how many scans, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But the most important part of the process is still that human interaction. Mm -hmm. It's meeting with the customer face to face to understand what role documents play within their day to day business and how you can move them to a new tomorrow. And exactly. That, yep. No matter what great software you have, you still need to have that human interaction. I totally agree with that because you'll get all of the metrics that you need to do the analysis to kind of understand the the numbers behind their current state but the numbers aren't telling the story or really illuminating oftentimes the pain or the challenges that the customer is faced with correct that's correct because what you have you have the hard dollar numbers of what they're spending maybe on toner and supplies and their hardware etc but what you don't have is the soft dollar cost the soft dollar cost of people and process and time and that can be enormous. Um, just to pay an invoice could be upwards of $70 per invoice. Wow. So if there are multiple suppliers with multiple invoices, then you're multiplying those invoices times $70 or more. So if you can reduce that to a one invoice situation, you immediately eradicate some soft dollar, soft dollar costs there as well. Awesome. So when it comes to the value and how you've kind of divided this up, you've got the total cost of ownership, um, TCO, as we called it back at Gartner, Indeed. of the devices and of the, um, the printing itself, right? You've got yes. the paper costs, the toner costs, the cost of the device. Then you have kind of the management of that infrastructure and the manage of the, um, the service itself, correct? And Absolutely. then what other elements do you kind of stack up on top? Okay, so you, you have the cost of people and process, you have the cost of obviously the invoicing, etc. Then you also have cost of security, i.e. if a, a document left on a device maybe that maybe was quite secure and that got into the wrong hands, what impact could that have on your business? So you're talking about the whole document lifecycle process. You also the cost of maybe um, records management, ACORS, um, sorry, HR records management, or even purchase to pay. So you're looking at the entire spread of documents within the organization, both on-site and off-site, not just within the office space. Awesome, so you're actually tracking the processes through and almost coming up with a, looking at what is being printed and the whole end-to-end -end process of that and trying to streamline those processes. Most definitely. Awesome, and then, so you covered cost uh, savings and cost avoidance. There's productivity and then the process. You mentioned risk, which is awesome because a lot yeah. of times people forget to think about the risk of a document going awry, um, of it being lost, of information being disclosed, of compliance and regulatory issues with regard to that. Do you also get into the risk of um, downtime and availability? Most definitely, most definitely. So, and again, the office space years ago was lots of little offices. Nowadays, you have an open plan scenario, so you can mm -hmm. obviously reduce the fleet from, from that perspective. But it's still trying to understand what impact would it have on your business if that device was not available. Yep, absolutely. And then what about the um, 
elements with regard to business growth. That's another dimension. We call this the value map across these four dimensions, cost, yeah. productivity, process, risk, and then business growth and um, growth related items are another um, element of what we think needs to go into a value model. Do you do anything to help companies understand maybe how they could become more agile or how they can grow more as a result of um, better MPS? Most definitely. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, it's not just about reducing print. Um, I mean, in some areas, you actually want to increase the print because it has a, a business value. If you're trying mm -hmm. to sell a particular product or a service and that has a document or a brochure, then that could actually help to drive sales for your business. So it's not just about reducing print. Absolutely. Yep. So in, in other words, if you're printing brochures, if you're printing actual mail collateral, uh, perhaps that that could actually affect the growth of the company by being able to just have more throughput, higher quality materials, correct? Most definitely. Most definitely. Awesome. Now, you obviously, Chris, as you know, one of the most successful uh, MPS builders in the world are very, very good at articulating the value and being able to kind of codify it. Um, that isn't always the case with every seller, I'm sure, that you're looking to arm and train. So how do you get sellers to be able to articulate this value and, and, you know, effectively engage and articulate the unique value of MPS? Okay. So I think, first of all, we have to start from the individual because obviously everyone's in sales because they, they normally want to earn money. Um, mm -hmm. And normally they want to maybe earn more money than what you would earn if you weren't in, in, in a sales role or just like an operational or say a back office role. Mm -hmm. so, so the first thing, number one is, what's your sales plan today on a hardware focused sales process? Um, how are you doing today? And where are you target versus actual? Mm -hmm. um, where would you like to be in the future? And then articulating how you could get there by selling a managed service versus just a hardware sale. And then finally, how do you make it happen? Yeah. So the first thing you do is the with them as uh, a term that we use here. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but you know, what's, what's in it for me. Right. Absolutely. And it sounds like that's the first thing you articulate is a lot of times this is moving a sales force from um, selling hardware to now selling a recurring service, which is quite mm -hmm. different and just getting them to understand the differences there and perhaps how much more money they could make um, is sounds like stage one. And then stage two is how do you get them, capable in being able to articulate the differentiating value of MPS versus hardware or other competitive MPS services. Yeah. Uh, so how, how do you do that? What are some of the, in, in a short amount of time that we have, because I know it's a, probably a lot to get a seller yes. enabled and empowered to do that, but what are some of the elements that you, you want them to be proficient in and okay. that you can give them training on? Great, so I think number one, which is something which is maybe overlooked quite a lot, is before you even talk about a managed service, is trying to understand the customer's business. Mm -hmm. What makes that company tick every day? Do you understand their balance sheet? Do you understand whether they're having success in their business? Any challenges? And then do you understand what role documents play in their day-to-day -day business? That's number right. one. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that, then you're going to be in big trouble. Um, because that enables you to actually um, drive a value proposition mm -hmm. as opposed to a price-driven conversation. 
Yep, and one that ties totally back to the strategy of the company and the top and bottom line figures on the income statement and balance sheet. Most definitely. Yep. So once you're understanding that and, and the customer understands that you know their business, then you're in the driving seat. Mm -hmm. Then you're talking about, Mr. Customer, here's your situation as a company and you're doing a great job, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the role that documents play in that business. And here are the areas where there's a few bottlenecks. There are a few things that are maybe holding you back from having true success from the document process. And here is how we can help you to remove those blockages and to have success going forward. Awesome. So that's where you get into that baseline development, um, building a change plan for them, and then being able to articulate and quantify what the new state can mean to their business. Indeed. Awesome. So you, you're, you're able to basically shift them from pitching about what's included in the MPS and the price of the MPS to this really uh, business consultation and, um, and change um, uh, justification process, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Are you, now this is quite different for a lot of sellers. So I'm sure there are some sellers that embrace this and they get it and you instrument them and they're, they're off and running. Do you find um, resistance or lack of adoption sometimes? Um, and then how do you overcome that? Okay, so there is definitely resistance sometimes because um, depends on what the company pay plans are. You could be driven just to, um, you know, drive a number of devices and that's how mm -hmm. you're paid, which, which is fine. But it's then trying to say, okay, so if you're driving devices, we understand that. Let's look at some statistics around, you know, sales of non-MPS versus NPS. Mm -hmm. And you can see that, you know, when you do the math, that basically you sell more devices under an NPS contract. Yep. You drive more revenue under an NPS contract. You drive more gross profit under an NPS contract. You have more loyalty under an NPS contract. Um, you actually see the customer every three months mm -hmm. to review the promised situation versus the actual. And if you're delivering above expectations, you earn the right to actually ask for additional business in other sites, other locations, in country, in other countries, etc. And most importantly, you earn the right to ask the customer to be a reference for you when you're trying to win net new business. Yeah, instead of a transaction kind of one and done. So it sounds like you get back to, again, the what's in it for me and hit yes. that really, really hard and balance that almost directly against, we're gonna teach you the skills to do this, but we're also gonna show you exactly why you should be doing this and exactly what's in it for you. And I love that. So you mentioned a little bit MPS being, you know, it's a subscription service. You talk about this continuous engagement that you now have. Uh, churn is uh, obviously a challenge whenever you're selling a subscription service. Um, how do you address the churn challenge? And more so, it sounds like instead of looking at this as a challenge, you actually use it as a, here's one of the main reasons why you should be selling MPS because you, you do have to sell and resell the service continuously, but that's actually a benefit. It's, it is a huge benefit. Um, if I think back on some of the deals that I've personally done, um, those customers have stayed with me for many, many, many years. We're talking 10 years plus. Mm -hmm. so, which is fantastic um, versus a situation where a customer has a device sale on a three, four or five year lease. And at the end of that term, they're looking now to renegotiate their contract and maybe choose a different supplier. So you have the chance to really lock in the customer um, through proving that you're physically delivering 
on the promise. You know, you've understood their company, you understand their pain points, and you're working with the customer hand in hand to actually remove those blockages and deliver value to the bottom line. Yep. And, and by showing that, you're, you're almost guaranteed to have the, the churn, you're, you're guaranteed to have renewed business, and you're almost guaranteed to actually have additional business in further locations. Um, we look at customers today, um, they actually want to reduce suppliers. They don't want to have four or five different suppliers for their print devices. They'd love to have just one, not just in that one location, but all their locations within that country. And yep. again, with global, with global procurement nowadays growing, um, which is actually owned by IT ordinarily, again, they want to understand how they can find one supplier to deliver all of their document lifecycle services across all their locations, national, multinationally, and of course, globally. And then by staying engaged regularly, you're top of mind, whereas a transactional company might not be. And so you've got that better chance to win that recurring business and the consolidation battle, right? You're absolutely front of mind, correct, Tom. Yep. So your company, Success in MPS, um, it's a provider of worldwide managed print consulting and sales training for uh, IT providers. And tell us a little bit more about the business and um, kind of what you do with and for companies. Okay. So basically, yes, you're right. But we're obviously um, supporting the IT industry, but we're also supporting the print industry as well. Um, we do know that um, if you're an OEM, a manufacturer, you will normally have your in-house L&D we would train and support your, your sales professionals. Mm -hmm. And we also know that if you're a dealer, if you're a mono brand dealer, that OAM again will also support you in training. But if you're a multi-brand dealer, you're on your own. Because, you know, the Rico, the Xeroxes, et cetera, they're not going to spend all their time training you and supporting you to sell another person's product or service. So you're definitely on your own. So we're really helping the multi-brand dealer um, to, to really drive the proposition forward, number one. Number two is actually for, for a multi-brand dealer, whilst there's some, there's some great technology out there today from some huge manufacturers, but actually it's very rare that each manufacturer will have a range of products to meet every customer's requirements. Mm -hmm. So one customer might say, great, this particular brand is great for me for my office, but it doesn't suit my central reprographics department. Another one might say it suits my office, but it doesn't suit my color requirements and so on and so forth. So by being a multi-brand dealer, actually, you can offer the customer best in class and best of breed technology to meet all of their requirements. Awesome. And then you're helping these um, multi-brand dealers put together um, services, right, to get out of being just transactional around the hardware? Absolutely. From desktop to print shop and in terms of document lifecycle processes, um, purchase to pay, HR records management, etc., invoice processing, anything that we can do, whether it's on site, in the cloud or a hybrid solution as well, we're delivering that technology and that service advice and how to really drive that business forward. Awesome. And I love how you're not only talking about it in terms of, uh, okay, moving from the, the hardware and the, the device to services, but then it's really almost two processes, right? As you're talking about it, you're talking about these process automations that these companies are going to consult on and sell into. And so that to me is almost that next um, 
evolution um, that you you may maybe be creating and, and might not even know it. So have you branded that how you know it's managed print services, but but is there something that goes with the um, you know process or, or a name that you're com you've come up with around that? Okay, so obviously we have MPS, which everyone's known for quite a while now. Not mm -hmm. the customer maybe knows MPS more than we do in terms of you <laughs> see these tenders that come out and it says you know this tender is written around MPS. Yeah, but it's actually more around MPDS. So it's document, it's managed print and document services, not just managed print services. Mm -hmm. And again, when you look at the the IT industry, that is where there is significant potential. Um, if you look at a print company providing service to a customer and if they're to say to the customer, by the way, I could also look after your IT as well, they could question, um, is that really viable? Do you have the knowledge to really do that um, you know, in line with my requirements? However, if you're an IT supplier and you own the network, you're, you're providing all of the IT services, if you're offering the customer to then offer a, a print service as well, or a managed print service, they're more inclined to say yes. Mm -hmm. So the potential for the IT customer is, is, is really, really phenomenal, number one. Number two is that it's reached a stage now where print status maturity for the OEMs, mm -hmm. and they're looking to move from print into the IT space. So if you're not offering your, your customer, your IT customer, a print service as well, you may find the print customer or the print supplier is gradually eating into your IT business. Hmm. So our, our focus now is that how can the IT company protect their existing customer? How can they expand their share of wallet with the customer? And mm -hmm. how can they grow across borders and also grow with net new business? Awesome. So as we think back a little bit more towards the beginning of our discussion and how you kind of communicate and quantify the value of this service, how you enable sales to, to sell it effectively, to articulate the value. What's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience with today? Um, it is one with maybe three bullets. So I would say, first of all, it's qualified. You know, take time to really qualify each and every pros prospect or should I say suspect. Um, MPS is not a quick sale, it takes time. So really try to understand that the customer's pain points. Take time to quantify the time to win that, that particular customer's business versus the investment in time. It's gonna take you maybe one year to win a deal for maybe $5,000. Then maybe that's not the, the best use of your time. Yeah. So it's really quantifying that time and effort to win, which is the ROI. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, is really take time to justify why they should choose you. Value versus price. Qualify, quantify, and justify. I love it. Qualify, quantify, and justify. Chris Holgate, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, it's obvious why you've put up the numbers that you have in MPS in the past and why that success will continue into the future. Uh, thank you so much for this interview today and joining our Evolvers to uh, teach them a little bit about MPS and how you value managed services. Thank you very much indeed for having me. All the very best to you.